This is episode 185 on the topic of cultivating an ownership mindset. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Manage Your Track podcast. We are at number 185. The 200th episode is coming up soon, soon. So I'm excited about this. I remember episode 100, which if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. It is a conversation with a few of my clients in the, inside the Leadership Accelerator program, our 12-week new manager training. Very interesting, insightful conversation. I loved it. And was thrilled to make that episode 100. If you are a new manager or supporting new managers, then check that out. I think what you hear from them and what they experienced during those early months or years will greatly benefit you. But with that said, let's dive into this week's topic. This is on the ownership mindset. And gosh, there have been a number of different instances over the last couple of weeks where I had to think about who is owning what here? Uh, it had to do with me personally and what am I owning. It had to do with people that I work with and what they're owning to get really clear on, are we actually thinking about this the right way? And am I fully owning my part? And am I letting other people fully own their part? So when it comes to leadership and leading a team, Thinking about ownership is important. And so I hope that the next 20 minutes or so, as we're talking about this, this is the 20 minutes that you think about ownership on your team uh, or at work for you, and that hopefully it will spark either some new ideas or some new insights on how you think about ownership and how you cultivate it. Or it might also validate you that what you're doing is the right approach and by the way, that second part, even though you're not walking away with any new information, oftentimes that sense of validation can do wonders in how you execute those things and how confidently you feel about yourself and that specific behavior or task at hand. So here are some of the phrases that remind me of the topic of ownership. And you might have heard this before or might have even said those things too. First, I always need to check in to make sure things are being done and taken care of. Second example. I really only know it gets done the way that I, it needs to be done when I personally do it. Other example. I feel like I have to constantly babysit or check in on people's work. Fourth, I need to constantly be reminding people of deadlines because otherwise it won't happen. Those statements, although they may or may not be factually true, or let's assume they are factually true, they serve as an issue with the ownership mindset on the team or the lack thereof. 
what happens very often in teams where there is a lack of that ownership mindset that isn't being cultivated strongly enough, oftentimes the leader, the manager of the team will run into a time management issue. They start becoming the bottleneck. They start to feel worn out or they are never able to level up because they're constantly putting out fires, helping everyone else do their work. They're getting involved in the weeds of things and don't have time to address the big picture thinking when it comes to envisioning what the future of the team looks like in the next year or two. It's a struggle to make the time for this. And it's only done when prompted from above, but never done proactively by the leader themselves because they simply don't have the time or the mental capacity to do so. That's most often the consequence of a low ownership mindset on a team. It's also, by the way, as a, as a consequence, although not often directly raised to me as an issue, is that when there isn't a strong sense of ownership on the team, then the team members won't grow as much. So they're capping their growth and they stagnate. So if you notice a bit of a pattern where there are team members who've been with the company or in your team specifically for months, five months, six months, maybe a year, and you notice like I'm still dealing with the same issues or the same questions over and over. I don't really see them growing much. We're, we're kind of stagnating. There's a high chance that there's a there's an ownership issue and they rely on you way too much to be a safety net. So they rely on you to jump in, to fix it, to have the answers, to make decisions. And they never really feel like they need to own it themselves because they know they'll ask you and you'll provide it for them. And you know what we all like to do? Mitigate risks. So if I can choose to either decide something on my own without checking in with the boss, or I could check with the boss, make sure that my boss gives me the thumbs up and also answers all my questions then I feel way better about what I'm doing, possibly, right? Or make more secure about what I'm doing. Even if it's not the way that I would have gone, at least it feels secure. And so we might choose that secure path or over the risky path, because risky path, even if it's more fulfilling at the end of the day, can feel uncomfortable. And you know that our brains don't like discomfort. And as human beings, we're trying to avoid the discomfort and really your ability to be successful and to overcome challenges and be resilient is highly dependent on your ability to deal with and tolerate discomfort. Now, you might relate to the scenario where I said people may naturally gravitate to risk mitigate and ask you for direction or answers or decisions versus going off and doing things on their own if you are always available to them. And that may seem very accurate and make sense to you. Or you personally think, no, I would love to take more ownership, but my boss doesn't let me. My boss constantly asks me to involve them, to, in to be part of the decision. And I wish so much that I could make my own decisions. So this uh, lack of ownership mindset could be fueled by either the team member not wanting to take it or the manager not giving it enough. And then that low ownership mindset starts to settle in and drive the team dynamics. 
So we talked a little bit about the scenarios and how the lacking or a low ownership mindset mindset shows up. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career, and lead a high-performing, engaged team. And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system, not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system, and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training, plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at RamonaShaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to RamonaShaw.com slash one one to get started right now. Let me pause here for a second, though, and make sure that you and I are on the same page of what an ownership mindset actually means. So I gave you examples. I gave you some reasons of why it might show up. When, with that in mind, when we don't really cultivate an ownership mindset us personally let's start there we want to rely on other people to make decisions for us to guide us and or to take responsibility for the work that we do when we're not allowing a sense of ownership on the team we as the leader want to take more control and more ownership of work than what is appropriate. So especially if there's a lack of trust between manager and employee, there's a high tendency for a manager to want to be in control more so, lean into it more, help out more to make sure that nothing goes wrong. And most importantly, to make sure that they don't look bad in front of their senior leaders or just for their own sake, as they may may have high expectations, you may have high expectations, And you don't want to feel like someone else is messing that up so that you then feel embarrassed or dissatisfied with the result. To avoid that scenario, again, that potential feeling of discomfort, we're doing everything we can now to control or aim to control the outcome and taking on more ownership ourselves than what is appropriate can be a mechanism, a tool to control the outcome right when we're allowing everyone to own their work it doesn't just mean we're saying hey i delegate this to you you go with it that would not work cultivating a strong sense of ownership or that ownership mindset comes with two key requirements one it requires clear parameters transparent communication And two, it requires psychological safety. So let's talk about each of them separately. Clear parameters and communication uh, entails the information that you provide when you assign ownership to someone else. It's 
what is expected? What's the desired outcome of this? What are the responsibilities? What are decisions that they need to make? What are timelines? What is what information or context do you have that you need to pass on? Uh, that, what information you have, what expectations you have, all of these parameters that are necessary for someone to successfully own something needs to be shared. Oftentimes, when we pass on ownership, that's not a given. It might be in our head and we think everyone knows or it's obvious or it's common sense or they should know, but th those assumptions are things that get us into trouble. We have to actually articulate it and do more than we think is necessary. And another way to ensure that you're doing this part, setting these parameters clearly, is to check in with them on what their understanding is. So if you pass ownership of a project on or a meeting on to someone else, you may say, listen, for you to be successful with owning this project, here's some additional information I want to share with you. Uh, I want to share the context with you. I want to share to which degree I want to be consulted or involved in decision-making. I want to share the expectation I have on you and the results that you're achieving and how often we should check in and all of that. Then you close up by saying, can you quickly summarize what I just shared with you to make sure that we're on the same page? Or can you document this so we have something in writing to go off on in the future? Make sure they understand. And it's often not through a one-way monologue, but through that conversation. The second part of it is the psychological safety. What that really means in this particular context is to make it safe for people to ask questions, to uh, share with you that there are things that they don't know yet or that they feel insecure about, and to make it safe for them to fail or to make mistakes along the way. It's not to say they shouldn't be held accountable. That's very important. Yes, they should be held accountable. Yes, these, all these mistakes or failures should be used as learning opportunities. You need to step in, coach, debrief, discuss, assess, like all of those things in order to, to support the employee. But to the outside, you have to have their back. When you delegate ownership on your team, and you're still the one responsible, you have to have their back. You can't throw them under the bus. You can't make them look bad. You can't blame them publicly. You really have to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation to use to dive into what happened, use it as a learning opportunity. Like Nelson Mandela said, you either win or you learn, right? You really dive into that, make sure that lessons are learned. Then to the outside, and especially towards upper management, you got, you got to have that their back. And if you're unable to have their back, then you need to assess to which degree you need to be involved along the way, because it then would mean that you weren't involved enough. And that's on you, right? If you initially say, I only need to be updated once a month, you didn't specify any ad additional details and the team member updated you once a month and then something goes sideways, maybe the degree of your involvement wasn't right and you own that or the resources provided or the support provided wasn't sufficient. So that's how you create a safe space for people to want to take ownership, to be ready to take, to take it, and then for them to grow and continue to want to take more ownership because what, they, what was challenging a year ago is not going to be challenging now. So they're able to take on more, to fully own it because they know no matter what, 
you won't make them look bad. You won't make them fearful. You won't intimidate them. You won't embarrass them. But instead, you're there to support. You want them to look good to everyone else. And you got their back. You will take the blame and protect them when things go sideways. So these two things are really, really important. And when you're able to create that sense of ownership on the team, and oftentimes for leaders who recognize this is an issue and want to bring it up, they need to have a conversation upfront with the team to say, I do want to work on how we own our own responsibilities or projects, and I'm going to make a few changes on how I'm supporting you and what I'm expecting of you. And then be very transparent and clear, obviously, about, about all that. When this changes and when you see there's an increased sense of ownership on the team and also, right, an increased sense of accountability on the team by the way that you lead, communicate, track commitments, and support them in a structured and effective way, then you'll get to really unlock the potential that lies within ownership. We already talked about growth. What we haven't yet talked about is motivation, is when we feel we own something way more motivated to do a good job and to give it our best. In fact, the author Daniel Pink wrote a book called Drive. It's a best-selling book and it talks about what really motivates us. And there are three key factors, purpose, mastery, and autonomy that he focuses on. Ownership ties in with autonomy. That sense of like, I get to choose, I get to own, I get to struggle with it, be challenged with it, but then I get to also own the result or really learn from my mistakes because they were mine. When you think of the level of autonomy that your team members have or that you have, ask yourself and also ask your team or think about these responses for your team on the following four questions. One, how much autonomy do you or do they have when it comes to the tasks that they're completing or doing or taking on? How much autonomy do you or do they have when it comes to time? How much autonomy do you or do they have related to the technique, the how that you use and apply? And how much autonomy do they or you have on the team? Meaning the people that they consult, the people that they work with, the people that they engage with. So I'm going to repeat tasks, time, technique and team. Those are the four questions to ask yourself to assess the degree of autonomy on your team. So the more autonomy you provide to your team, the greater that sense of ownership will be, but you have to also cultivate accountability. Autonomy without accountability won't work in an organizational setting. Provide autonomy, boost your sense of ownership, and ensure that strong pillar of accountability as well. Again, the reason why we're thinking about this is People will grow and learn significantly more when they have a greater sense of ownership. Your team will be more creative and innovative because they can think on their own and they can do things that are differently than how they've been done or how you would be doing it. So the diversity of thought really comes to, to play there. They'll also be more motivated and hence likely will demonstrate a strong performance. They'll work more independently. And as a result of that, you're able to get yourself out of the weeds and be less involved, which then creates the opportunity for you to work more wisely and more strategically. Those are the benefits of a sense of ownership on the team, of cultivating that ownership mindset on the team. 
and hope you really took in my invitation to think about ownership for you and your work as well as for your team over the course of the last 20-ish minutes or so. If you have questions or if this really resonated with you and you'd like someone to come and speak to your team about the ownership mindset, please reach out to contact at RamonaShaw.com to discuss ways to do so. And with that, we're going to wrap this week's episode. I wish you a great week and I'll see you next week with another episode of Manage to Track Podcast. Ciao, ciao. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.